Welcome to the Great Big Podcast. My name's Jenny. And mine's Alyssa. And we're here to talk about all things pop culture. With this podcast, we just want to talk about what we like, what we don't like, and everything in between. In today's episode, I'll be talking about Diana Wynn, my favorite character from the Netflix animated show Bojack Horseman, and analyzing the depiction of her Vietnamese-American identity. So this episode was inspired by my most recent entire rewatch of the series, and the character arc of Diana Wynn was always something that resonated with me, so that it would be fitting to talk about her feelings of isolation that comes with her Vietnamese-American identity. I do have to mention, though, that how I critique this representation will be kind of personal and biased, obviously, as my own experience as a Viet American is different from someone else. But I think that's crucial because the Viet American identity varies depending on age, gender, socioeconomic economic status, immigration status, etc. So it's important that we hear as many different voices as possible. So at first, I'll give a brief summary about the show and Diana Wynn first. But before we get into it, Jenny, have you heard of Bojack Horseman, the TV show? I have. Okay. Thoughts? Initial thoughts? Everyone talks about it. I don't know anything more than it's a horse that talks, and I think some, like, big name voices him. There is. Yeah, there is Will Arnett. Okay, it's Will Arnett. Okay. Yeah, you know him. Yeah. He was Batman. Batman. He was great. He was great. Yeah, it has this Rami Malek. Oh, he's in that? Yeah, there's a lot of, like, famous actors, like, um, Angela Bassett is in it. Oh. We got... Some other people, I think Zach Braff is in it <laughs> as Zach Braff. I was just like, hey, I'm Zach Braff. Basically, yeah, he just does whatever. Yeah, so it's a, it's, yeah, it's a, it's been on Netflix for, well, it's gone, but it had six seasons, very critically acclaimed. Um, yeah, I think the thing that stands out is that it's a talking horse and it's just talking animals and humans, right? Weird. Weird. But yeah, but there's a lot of themes that they try to hit on. But yeah, that's, but you have a basic idea of the show, sort of, right? And and would you say it's a good show? Yes. It's one of my favorite shows, but it is a sad show. So if oh. you are feeling sad, I don't recommend always watching. If you want like a uplifting okay. experience. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I want to... Yeah, like a lot of people love the show. Yeah, I totally understand that. So a lot of people like love the show, but they're like, oh, if you're not, if you're in 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 in, like in the rut, like don't be watching. (laughs) Because you know, because obviously when you watch things that bring you down or are down in general, you don't want it to bring you down even more. So, but it is a great show. I'm so confused. I thought it was a comedy. It's a dark comedy. Okay. If that kind of, does that kind of clear things up? Sure. Like, I'm going to laugh and cry at the same time. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm like, oh my god, an animal pun. Oh no, mental health. Ugh. That's me. Oh no. Every single episode. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, so we'll get into it. But yeah, so for those who aren't familiar with BoJack Horseman, it's an adult animated TV show created by Raphael Bob Waksberg, and it's aired for six seasons uh, from August 2014 to January 2020 on Netflix. The series has an amazing cast, like we mentioned, has Will Arnett, um, there's got Amy Sedaris, Allison Brie, Paul F. Tompkins, Aaron Paul, as well from Breaking Bad. Yeah, he does voice acting, apparently. Who doesn't do voice acting these days? Honestly. But, like, it's bad and good, because, like, some actors are, like, amazing at it, but then some just really suck. <laughs> That's right. true. J.K. Simmons is a great voice actor. Have you heard him? He, he's on. He's on BoJack Horseman, too. Who isn't on BoJack Horseman? <laughs> Every celebrity. It is a it is a critique about Hollywood celebrities, so they get a lot of celebrities on there. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, so the whole like having a whole like like everyone is a voice actor, but it's good and bad. But 
That's a tangent. <laughs> yeah, so obviously the show uh, is about Bojack Horseman. He's a washed-up sitcom, sitcom actor from the 90s who's trying to become a relevant actor and celebrity again in Hollywood. This is when Diane Nguyen gets introduced into the show because she's um, Bojack's ghostwriter for his biography, and she eventually becomes one of his closest friends. So Diane mostly has a supporting role early on in the series, but the writers eventually explore her past, career ambitions, and personal struggles. We get to see her develop her writing career throughout the series, first starting off as a ghostwriter and social media writer, and then becoming an author of her own detective book series for young girls. So the show is well known for its realistic and heartbreaking depiction of the challenges of mental health, like I mentioned before, how I cry and laugh at the same time. <laughs> and then, although it primarily focuses on Bojack, Diane does go through her own battle of depression and anxiety. By the end of the series, she does eventually accept her depression and childhood trauma. It'll always be an ongoing struggle for her, but she can make things just a bit more manageable by regularly taking her antidepressants and choosing to write a fun adventure book series that helps young girls feel less alone without having to publicly divulge her childhood abuse in a book of personal short stories that she was struggling to write. So just like accepting the fact that, hey, like I have this trauma, like I might not be at a place where I could share it with others, but instead I'll have another form of helping others through a rough time by having an adventure. Because don't we all have a fiction thing that we like? Because it's like an escapism in a way, right? Yeah, I mean, Lord of the Rings for me. Of I'm like, course. Of why course. would I be here with my struggles when I could be off? Yeah, there? And that's not a bad thing. No, you know, you just you, sometimes life is rough, and you just want to have a fantasy of like being a hobbit. Exactly. And having an adventure and finding <laughs> that damn ring. <laughs> No, but yeah, but uh, yeah, but obviously Diana is such a complex character with her ups and downs, and it was really refreshing to see a character be depicted in such a manner. So this episode will mostly be about her identity and representation, and just in, I, I guess, identity and representation in media in general. So Jenny, has there ever been a fictional character that you've, like, resonated with because you felt connected with their identity by any chance? You know, this is probably... A hard harder question for me to mm -hmm. answer and I feel like because I am white and every single character and everything is also white mm -hmm. it's hard I feel like it's harder for me to like form that connection because mm -hmm. I just don't like I, I don't know because I see my like, I could see myself in like everyone mm -hmm. and I and I understand like totally understand like how that's a problem. Like, mm -hmm. not everyone should be the same color skin that I have. Mm -hmm. oh, so, I think that because of that, there's not, like, I can't pick a single character and be like, yeah, this, like, really resonated with me. Okay. Has there ever been, like, an emotional bond with a character, at least? Like, like even though, like, your, your, like, ethnic identity is the same, but, like, is it, like, an emotional, like, oh, like, they've been through this and I've, I've been through this? Like, has that, does that ever, like, come to mind for you? Mmm... I'm sure I could think of mm -hmm. something. So, if you think. If I think hard mm -hmm. enough. You know what? I'll say Cinderella. We're both. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> scratch that. Scratch that. <laughs> Wait, like, whoa, whoa no. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with. Um, I'll, we'll come back to this question. Okay, Pause. Keep it, keep we'll it in mind. Okay, so I'll add more uh, info on identity and representation, but that's good. Keep it in mind. So yeah, so obviously before I get into Diane's American identity uh, and how it's represented in the show, I do need to preface that she is voiced by a white actress. Oh. Yeah. So the actress, uh, Alison Brie, publicly apologized in summer of 2020, like literally six months 
after the series finale, series finale of the show, as uh, she was like, uh, she apologized for accepting the role of Diane and stated, I now understand that people of color should always voice people of color. We missed a great opportunity to represent the Vietnamese American community accurately and respectfully. And for that, I am truly sorry. I applaud all those who stepped away from their voice over roles in recent days. I have learned a lot from them. I think you could have voiced <laughs> No, but like, it's just like, so it's one of those things where like, so I knew this, like, I remember I started the show and I was like, oh, interesting cast. But then, and then, okay, it's like, for me personally, it's an issue. Like, yeah, like from the get go, I'm like, you could have hired someone else who is way more fitted for the role. Cause we'll, we'll get into how her identity is explored in the show. But like she, I like how she ap apologizes like six months after the whole show is over, and it's been on for six seasons. I mean, like you know what? It's been six months, and now now maybe I'll I'll say something. Six years and six months <laughs> at least, because then obviously she got the role like way before the season premiered, season one premiered. But I'm like, okay, interesting. And then the showrunner Raphael also apologized back in 2018, and then he kind of basically mentioned how that he thought the animation platform had a different set of guidelines at the time when he produced the show. I'm like, interesting. You know, this makes me think. Um, so I don't know if you watched Luca. No, at but all. it's the okay. new like I Disney heard about movie. It. Okay. Um, so Maya Rudolph voices the mom of Luca, mm -hmm. but then Maya Rudolph's character also, like, turns into a white woman. And I was <laughs> like, what? I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, so it kind of makes me think of that, because I'm like, but, like, I get, like, I get it, because your main character is, like, Ita Italian. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh -huh. white. And yeah. I'm like... It's just, like, it's mm -hmm. one of those things, like, it is tricky, because, like, but, like, the thing with, like... And, like, this is kind of, like, kind of goes into, it's going to go off tangent, but, like, how, like, how character, like, like, let's say, like, MCU characters, like, race spent and how some people have, like, issues with that. But, like, it wouldn't be, like, it's an issue if the fictional character and their, and their ethnicity relies on it being, like, that ethnic group. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, let's say, for example, like, Diana Wynn, she's, like, Vietnamese. So mm -hmm. Obviously, it, it would be a lot better if she was at least played by an Asian actress, yeah, if anything. If anything. If, ideally, Vietnamese, but... It's, it's like it's important you know what I mean? yeah yeah but we'll get into it but yeah does that it's, it's weird though right yeah i mean mm -hmm. i don't think you're like you should be telling those stories because you're not part of that yeah race. like you're it's, it's, yeah so it should be and then like they do they did get some like specialists or just vietnamese people who help with like her writing <laughs> and i'm like okay sure and like it says a lot because I love this character so much, even though with this preface that she's voiced by a white woman. I don't know what that says about me, <laughs> but I just, I do love her character, but I do like every now I'm just like, oh God, why? And then like them like apologizing way later on, like you knew this when you got this role. And then I think um, Jenny Slate also um, apologized because she's on um, Big Mouth on Netflix and she voices like a young black girl. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, you knew this when you signed on, like you should have said no. You shouldn't even have audition, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay. But yeah, that, that's why I think that's what the showrunner was mentioning, how like maybe people thought back then that the animation platform was had like a different guideline set. I'm like, I don't think it should. I definitely don't think it should. I think it's just an excuse, honestly, but I I'm guess, like, yeah. They're saying back then as if it wasn't 2014. <laughs> that was not that long ago. I'm like, you could have realized this a while ago. But <laughs> yeah, obviously it's good that she apologized but obviously like you did take a role from someone that would have 
handled it better. Oof. But yeah, I needed to preface that, obviously, because we're going to get into like how her identity is represented in the show. So yeah, so I mentioned before how like, early on, she didn't really have much of like, she was mostly a supporting role. But then viewers got to fully see her struggle with her Vietnamese American identity in season five out of six seasons of episode two. So the show, the episode was called The Dog Days Are Over. So in this episode, Diane chooses to travel to Vietnam on her own after seeing her ex-husband with someone else after their most recent divorce. So it was like, uh, I'm going through something. I need to escape, basically. So and then while she's over there, she also writes an online piece listing reasons to go to Vietnam on her vacation. And it kind of reminds me of how like some like American tourists like to go to certain South uh, Southeast Asian countries as a way of finding themselves. And it's kind of funny how like she's trying to find herself, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> it's just interesting. And then, yeah, so she initially thinks that the solo vacation will be a good break from her LA routine and a chance to connect with her Vietnamese roots. But even though she's finally somewhere where everyone looks like her, she's still considered the outsider. And yeah, like, you'll see her like, especially in the beginning, she'll walk around the city uh, of the capital and then like, oh, people actually look like her. Like, everyone's like drawn the way she's drawn. <laughs> but then like, but she's still like, she's she doesn't know the language. So it's really hard communicating with the locals. And it's really difficult to have that connection. And then even when she wears like this traditional Vietnamese dress and she looks at herself in the mirror, it like for me, it felt off. Like she was kind of like wearing a costume. I'm like, it's weird. Like, even like you see it in her face, like she's like grimacing. She's like, oh, it feels wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's really interesting. And I, it's even interesting how they drew that. And then she goes through this constant battle of not relating with the locals and also being mistaken as a local by tourists. I think it represents the feeling of not really belonging anywhere. So in her case, being a second generation Viet American, it makes you not fully Viet or American, but kind of stuck in the middle without a solid community and two separate identities. So like she's there, like the tourists were trying to speak to her like, oh, we're from America. She's like, I'm from America too. <laughs> so it's like that constant thing. And then like her trying to communicate with like, the local shop owners and then not really understanding her she's just like not really belonging anywhere so like like there's no connection mm-hmm. and I'm like ooh, like I felt that you know and it's it's rough but it's 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 animated very well it's written really well that's why I'm just like oh and then and then the reason why the Allison breathing the white voice actress is so frustrating because like she'll speak the actress spoke in Vietnamese and like she totally butchered <laughs> it was so bad and then like it's so weird hearing some like a white actress talk about like oh like she's like she'll be in character and be like oh like I'm not really belonging anywhere like as a Viet woman I'm like this is so weird <laughs> it's so weird. like you don't know what this is like but then she's like acting like it I'm like so like I'm crying but also like grimacing as I'm watching the episode I'm like oh it would have hit so hard if they casted someone right you know oh man it was rough but but yeah but the way it's represented it's so emotional and like I think they did that. It sucks that it was such, like, so later on in the series, but it definitely, you know, brought people together. Like, oh, wow, like, I probably felt like that. And I think a lot of Viet Americans felt the same way. So the representation of Diane is far from perfect, but I think that it's kind of special. Like, the Allison Brie and showrunner situation aside, Diana Wynn is a character that comforts, comforts me so much. Because, like, I've never seen, like, as a second gen, like, going somewhere and not feeling like you belong there and then also going back and then not feeling like you belong anywhere. And I think that's really interesting. But then also, um, this kind of reminds me of another short indie film that I've seen recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Monsoon. It's a British, uh, it's a British indie film that was released in 2019. What's it, it called again? Monsoon. Monsoon. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. 
it was on Netflix, but they just added it recently. I highly recommend it. It's really short, like an hour and 30, I believe. But yeah, so even though Diane was a second gen Viet American, this character from this movie uh, is kind of tackles a similar subject, but as a first gen British Vietnamese person, which is really cool. I highly recommend it. So yeah, so it follows a Brit British Vietnamese man named Kit who visits Vietnam after leaving the country as a young kid. But as a full-grown adult, he tries to connect with the home and community he was once a part of. He doesn't quite feel as distanced the way Diane feels, but he does feel lost as someone who once belonged. And it stars um, Henry Golding, who was also from Crazy Rich Asians. I'm like, oh, he's there. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, you do you know, you know what he looks like? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, that's a, that's a good looking man. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, cause he, and then like, he's in like, um, he, they're doing that new like G.I. Joe spinoff or something. Yeah. And then it's not good. It's but guys. Yeah. And I'm like, interesting. But yeah, it's cause like, it's interesting cause I, I've only seen him in like two roles. So like him, like, obviously this is an indie film. So it's like, obviously a lot slower pace. It's not like some like rom-com feature. I'm like, oh, so it's actually like, he's like, he doesn't even talk that much. He's just like going through the motions and it's mm -hmm. like sad, but like, I'm like, I know you, <laughs> you know, like you ever see like someone who was like known for being like in something really big, but you see like a smaller movie mm -hmm. you're like, there's that one guy who was in like Lost and then Star Wars and like Star Trek. I don't know what his name is, but I'll see him. Like, I recognize that you. face. Yeah. Right? You're like, I know you. I know you. <laughs> That's always comforting in my opinion. But going back to um, Monsoon, the movie, so he's so he's visiting Vietnam after leaving, and then he says, and then it's really interesting because like in the beginning, he's like he only stays in touristy hotels. He takes guided bus tours with white tourists, and he roams aimlessly around Vietnam trying to find a connection. And like it's like I like the way they film it because like he's like he's mostly walking throughout the city, really calm, but like he's like it's like hopeful but sad. That that vibe. Like you know melancholy yes thing. yeah it's just like it's like it's kind of slower pace of a movie but it does it really well where like you could tell that he's like lost but not exactly unhappy but he's kind of like reminiscing in a way because he used to live there yeah like i said slower pace but the movie does a fantastic job of creating that feeling for you of hope and isolation so like the main character knows that there will always be a disparity between the effects of diaspora, but he still makes the effort to understand the relationship to Vietnam. Can't be rebuilt, but he has to create it from scratch again. So yeah, because he fled when he was a kid and then he came back. So like he's like meeting his old friends, talking to like the locals. I'm like, okay, so obviously I don't have that connection of when I was there as a kid, but as a grown man, I could try to create something new, you know? Because obviously when you move to different whole new countries, you adapt, and then when you go back, it's completely different sometimes. Yeah. You know, you're uprooting everything, yep. exactly. you know, and on his own, like, because, like, his parents, like, he's, like, he's going there to, like, to bury his parents, their ashes, so he's oh, just, like, that's so sad. I know, I know, it's a sad movie, but it's really, I recommend it, even though it's sad, but, yeah, so he's just, like, kind of, like, kind of, like, honoring their memory in a way, but then also, like, building his own new roots in a way is interesting, like, that, that isolation, it's interesting, but yeah, this movie does tackle with a lot of themes in its 85-minute runtime. Like, you know, he's a gay Asian man. He's suffering with his identity as a Viet-British guy. And then, like, he meets another guy, but then, like, he's American. And then they have, like, a Vietnam War debate thing. And I'm like, what is happening? What the... It's too much in an 85-minute runtime. And you're like... Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so funny because you're like, yeah, but you have a lot of scenes where he's, like, walking around. And, and then, then, and then there's too many things in my way. <laughs> yeah, because, like, he meets... And, like, they have a great chemistry. But then he was like, oh, like, my dad fought in the war. And I'm like, 
Mm. Okay. Interesting. But like, it's not done well. And I'm like, interesting. Okay. But there's a lot of things going on, but it's still a really great movie. But yeah, but the, but the portrayal of having a complicated relationship with identity to, to due to immigration is amazing. So as a kind of a way to wrap it up, because I would go on a tangent. So the character of Diana Wynn is someone that I related to the, uh, to the most in any type of media, you know? Mm-hmm. And then kind of going, even though I kind of gave you this talk, a quick talk about like identity and just like representation, like do you, you just like, not even like ethnic or nationality, just like, have you ever felt like you connected to any other character? You know, it's funny because I totally blanked on it, but Joe March from the 2019 Little Woman. Okay, why? Why? Uh, just because, like, the fact that she, I love the way that Greta Gerwig decided to end Joe in that in that movie because mm-hmm. she doesn't give up everything for like a man. She doesn't decide to marry Lori just for the money because it's easy. She she like really follows her goals. She chooses what makes her happy, and mm-hmm. what makes her happy is the book. And as someone. Who, who, you know, doesn't want to, like, just settle for someone who doesn't want to just, you know, be with someone because it's easy. Who, and just, like, because everyone else Yeah, because everyone else does it. Who, like, I like that she kind of chose more, like, her family and her career and something that can support her. And mm-hmm. I feel like that really resonated with me because I feel like every heroine out there is, like, love interest, love interest, love interest. And I never mm-hmm. was interested in that. Like, I don't mm-hmm. personally, like because I know a lot of people are interested in dating. I'm not really that interested in it at all. Mm -hmm. So to see someone who has kind of like the same like values and mindset mindset and is, has like different goals and like goals that kind of match mine. Mm -hmm. I definitely kind of like see myself in her. Mm -hmm. Is that so refreshing though? Yeah. Yeah. And then like, that's why like, I, that's why like, I think like Greta Gerwig is a great writer. I I would consider you a writer. (laughs) Oh yeah. You totally relate to her character. Oh yeah. You know, you know, you know, we're tossing our hair yeah, over our shoulder. Hair. You know, I'm, I'm just a published blogger for my internship. You know, I write scripts mm-hmm. for the podcast. Yeah, I'm also yeah, a writer. Yeah, but I think that's that's why that's why I wanted to ask you that because it is important to have like, characters that you connect with. And like that only happens when you have a bunch of different people like in the in the writer's room. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's important to have different opinions and different voices because you're not going to connect with the wider audience and just have the same people over and over again. Yeah, that's how I like represent. Even though like it's like so like diluted now, but representation, quote unquote, is important. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you're like nodding your head. Nodding yes. your head. Yes. No, but it it really is. And then and yeah, like I think it's important. Like, even though Diana's the the upbringing of her character is not so great, I do love her a lot. I still do. It's like one of my BoJack is one of my favorite shows. Yeah. So with all the flaws of the showrunner and casting decision, I still love the character as always. And I think it's a good direction for future TV shows and film projects made by Viet Americans because I would like to see the Viet American identity among younger generations portrayed in media because like the ones that I've mentioned, they're all like millennials. Yeah. So obviously like different generations go through different struggles with mm-hmm. their identity and just like diaspora immigration of parents and all that stuff. So obviously getting more people in that writer's room from different age groups Every yeah. other group, you know what I mean? I mean, there's so many stories to be told. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, this wasn't a perfect version means that there's so many more opportunities to get it get it right and improve mm-hmm. and actually have someone to represent. I know. Oh, my God. But, yeah, it's it's true. But, yeah, and especially, yeah, and then going back, cause, because, like, millennials, 30-year-olds, they go through a whole other thing. We don't really know. And then, like, yeah, obviously, like, and then Joe March, she's, like, younger in the in the movies, right? 
I mean, she's the same age. Well, she, like, slightly younger. Than you? Well, than in her book. In her book. Yeah, but having, like, yeah, but, you know, like, like, writers, like, they always think, like, oh, like, if you're 20 to 30, same experience is obvious. And, like, no, it's no. completely off. Yeah. It's completely off. So, yeah, just getting more people in the writer rooms is really important. And, yeah, and then, um... There's a big generational distinction. And then most importantly, fun Viet-American stories created by Viet-American artists. Because I literally can't stress it enough. It's one of the best ways of getting important stories out there. And I kind of wish, like, what Allison Brie, the, the voice actress and the showrunner, they should have, like, like, here, here's some Viet-American artists that you should support. But they're just like, I am sorry. Like, I'm End sorry. <laughs> I'm not doing anything about it. I'm not yeah. changing my behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm not helping, the like, promote the voices yeah, and getting things yeah. out there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bye. Yeah, that's it. And then, yeah. Like, they did expand their writer's room in season six, which is, like, their last season. I'm like, you could have done this from the beginning, but that's cool, I guess. Great. Great. But, yeah. Even though the... I do appreciate how much... Because I've... This is, like, the only Vietnamese identity I kind of relate to in pop culture. But moving forward, I would definitely like to see more. And I think we could see more. Hopefully. 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 I'm really hoping that we are continuing this trend of showing more stories and having more representation yeah. and not mm-hmm. just the same old cookie yeah. cutter. And then obviously, stuff. and then like my interpretation of her identity and like the other character from Monsoon is going to be different from what other people think. Because I've heard some people who say like, oh, like it's fine if a white voice actress played her, even though there were Viet themselves who said that opinion. I'm like, for you, I guess, but like not for me. So obviously it's a very biased thing, but I think that's important because you do need to critique things. Like I still love the character. I still love the show, but I do need to be like, hey, y'all kind of fumbled the bag or yeah. you know, but yeah, but that's it for my rant about, I guess, appreciating what we have, but hoping for more, I guess. Yeah. Thank you for going on this rant because it's definitely something I don't ever think about. So definitely to hear, you know, you talk about it and your experiences, it just gives me, you know, it makes me more appreciative of what we have, makes me feel like I connect to you a little bit more, (laughs) Um, and then just makes me really hope and, (laughs) and makes me hope for, you know, a better, more, a better future, more representative, Um, because I know, like, as someone who works at Disneyland and sees a bunch of girls and like, you know, the princess dresses and they get so excited to see like themselves on screen. I feel like every little girl should be able to see themselves yeah. in that like mm-hmm. area. Yeah. And then like, that's why fiction and just like pop culture, that's why it's so like influential. Like if you don't, if you don't see yourself in something like on TV or like on music or just like movies, whatever, it's going to, it's going to have an interesting effect going up. Because, like, I'm 22, and this show came out in 2014. I just started watching till like, 2016. I'm like, oh, this character. But wait, she's voiced by a white woman. What does this mean? You know? <laughs> so definitely more progress needs to be made. But we're, I'm hoping. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Great Big Podcast. You can find us at The Great Big Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at thegreatbigpod at gmail.com. Send us your email suggestions. Tell us about your favorite character. And if you felt represented by them. Uh, tell us if you like BoJack Horseman. Are you into talking horses? Yes or no? Or just animated animals and hearing <laughs> them talk. And, but like anthropomorphic. It's kind of creepy, but it's fine. But it's fine. It's fine. And let us know what you want us to discuss on one of our future episodes. 
Don't forget to follow or subscribe or whatever and leave a rating. A five-star rating would really help us out. And we'll see you next time on The Great Big Podcast. Thank you, guys.